0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. If you thought the silly season around the recent Supreme Court decisions was over, you'd be wrong. The fact that people disagree with the opinions of the court should be a surprise to no one. However, in today's narcissistic and childish political environment, simply disagreeing and criticizing is not enough. And if you think providing facts and data will calm the masses, I have a bridge to sell you. The reaction to the leak leak and release of the Dobbs decision last year showed us that there are some in this country that uh, will use threats, violence, and even intimidation to get their way. You know what I almost never see in these attacks? Someone actually quoting the Constitution of the United States as a justification for this their disagreement. So today, I want to take a look at some of the silliness, how some people are responding to it, and well, what you can do to protect your rights and your liberty in this environment. Well, hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. Yes, this is where we read and study the Constitution, we teach your eyes and generation to be free. And of course, I often refer back to the John Jay quote when he when he explains why every member of the state ought diligently to read and study the Constitution of his country. He said, "By knowing their rights, they'll sooner perceive when they're violated and be the better prepared to defend and assert them." And that's what we want to do here: help you prepare, be, know what your rights are, be prepared to defend your rights, to assert your rights. And part of that is looking at some of the threats on your rights and then talking about how you would prepare to defend yourself against those. In the end of his opinion on the uh, Biden student loan case, uh, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, uh, it has become a disturbing feature of some recent opinions to criticize the decisions with which they disagree as going beyond the proper role of the judiciary. That's true. It, it and I, I don't know that it's a disturbing feature to some recent opinions. I, I think in many cases it's been a, a feature of many opinions. I could go back fifty years to the the uh, Roe versus Wade as an example of a court going beyond the role of the proper role of the judiciary. But I think what he's pointing to here is the the idea that if you don't come to the conclusion we like, well then. That's that's just well beyond the state of the court. You you, you uh, an abuse of power and a reason. Well, let's say to punish someone directly or indirectly. I, take for example, um, this is an interview with that uh, John Wu is you I'm sorry you is having with uh, Neil Cavuto on Fox News and, and Neil asks him about the uh, president's reaction to uh, some recent opinions and and. Mr. Yu goes on.
1: I've got this new book out this week called The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Supreme Court and this is a great pitch for it because what we do is we trace the history of attacks on the Supreme Court. In the last two years you have seen these unprecedented assaults on the institutional independence of the Supreme Court by progressives who are angry with decisions like Dobbs from last year about abortion or gun rights from last year in Bruin or now this year's case about affirmative action and now student loans you've seen progressives propose trying to pack the court add more members to the court trying to cut back on the kind of cases the court's allowed to decide now you're having proposals for investigations of justices trying to make it easier to get them to recuse from cases we haven't seen this kind of attack on the independence of the courts since it decided brown versus board and these kinds of attacks were launched by southern segregationists or since the New Deal, when FDR tried these attacks on the court that wanted to stand up for contract and property rights. And so I predict after these losses, these last two years, you're going to see enhanced attacks on the court by progressives. So
0: a, a couple things to note, uh, uh, Mr. Yu, you refers to them as progressives. I refer to them as Marxists, because the progress they're trying to make is obviously towards Marxism—that's you know—that thats the goal that they they keep espousing. They don't use the term, but that's effectively what they're the 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 what they're espousing. But I find it interesting. He goes back—it's all the way back to to uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education uh, to FDR. We have seen that when those that are socialist Marxists, when they don't get their way. They attacked the institutions that denied them. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. It's not a question uh, of, uh, well, you know, the court got it wrong because the Constitution obviously gives the president the ability to regulate these programs. No. You, you go back earlier in the interview and he talks about there's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the president to, quote-unquote, spend money without authorization from Congress. In fact, no money can be spent out of the Treasury without appropriations from Congress. Now, there may be a little nuance here, right, because the president is not, is he technically spending money, or is he simply refusing to collect money? Um, Of course, all of this started from the fact that the federal government started messing in something it's not constitutionally authorized to do, i.e., student loans, but he, you know, Mr. I just thought it was interesting listening to him as you pointed out. This is nothing new. Um, I'm actually trying to track down uh, Mr. i I'd love to interview him about his book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to the Supreme Court. Um, I think you might find that interesting. But I haven't been able to to find a way to communicate directly to him. It it's all the intermediaries don't seem to have a good a good way to communicate to him. But I'll keep trying. But the point is, it's this action of if I don't get what I want, well, I will respond aggressively. See, he said, "enhance." When you know, when you talk about enhanced, enhanced by what? You know, you you, you when we use the your words enhance, you're you're adding something to the to the dispute, to the to the to the response. Um, you know, if he's talking about enhanced attacks, I have to wonder, enhanced by what? I mean, we've already had people camped out, out, camped outside justices' homes, and um, inti- trying to intimidate them. We've had at least one assassination threat against a justice in response to a previous, um, a, a previous opinion. Uh, how far are you going to enhance over that? And again, what is going to be the response, and and how are they going to, you know, what how what are they what are the the enhancements, and and how are are we the people going to respond to it and i think the first thing we have to decide is uh all right what is the response going to be but what is it based on um for example uh, you know t- another example of someone who um I just can't give a a factually sound answer, at least I have a hard time finding them. We have Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was uh, interviewed on CNN, State of the Union, and uh, she was asked a question and kind of released the anticipated drivel.
2: Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, Let's start with the student loan decision. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote that the Constitution does not allow the president the power to unilaterally forgive student loans. It's up to you in Congress to make this kind of sweeping change. Early in his presidency, I think you remember, even President Biden said he doesn't have that authority. What's your response to the court's decision? You know, what the court was also ruling on was with respect to the HEROES Act, but our response is very strong in that Congress has given the President that authority in the Higher Education, in the higher education Act. Uh, the President very squarely has, as well uh, using his Secretary of Education, the ability to cancel student loans. All right, let's start
0: right there. If the Constitution doesn't authorize it, an act of Congress cannot authorize it. That's a fundamental understanding of a constitutional republic, of a constitution, period. I mean, reading from all the way back in Marbury versus Madison, um, the, thus the particular phraseology of the Constitution of the United States confirms and strengthens a principle supposed to be essential to all written constitutions that a law repugnant to the Constitution is void and that courts as well as other departments are bound by that. Ladies and gentlemen, that goes all the way back to, what, 1802. It's been understood that the Congress cannot do what um, the Constitution forbids. In fact, in uh, Norton v. Shelby County, 1886, an unconstitutional act is not a law. It confers no rights. It imposes no duties. It affords no protection. It creates no office. It is in legal contemplation as an operative as though it had never been passed. So this nonsense out of uh, Ms. Ocasio-Cortez that, well, we passed a law, therefore the Constitution doesn't matter, shows that she's constitutionally illiterate. But there's more. She says, well, in the HEROES Act, we authorize the president to forgive student loans. Um, no. See, I keep telling people, when you get your information, make sure you're going to the horse's mouth, not the other end. And in this situation, the other end is most definitely Ms. Ocasio-Cortez. Now there is a there is a power to suspend uh, given to to suspend student loan payments to make certain forgivenesses for a limited period of time during the thing in the Heroes Act, and again, this is ignoring the fact that the whole thing is unconstitutional. This whole student loan process the forgive that whole thing is unconstitutional, but there's nothing in there that says the president can simply forgive these 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 acts. They can figure, I'm sorry, that he can forgive these loans. I mean, I'm reading from the HEROES Act. Um, It says, in general, on the date of the enactment of this section, until September 30th, 2021, the Secretary of the Treasury shall, for for each borrow of a private education loan, pay the total amount due for such month on the loan based on the payment selected by the borrower or the borrower's loan status. Now, there was student loan relief in there, but let me read it to you. Uh, Not later than 90 days after September 30th, 2021, the Secretary of Treasury shall carry out a program under which a borrower with respect to private education loans of such borrower shall receive in accordance with paragraph 3 an amount equal to the lesser of the total amount of each private education loan of the borrower, $10,000 reduced uh, by the aggregate amount of all payments made by the Secretary of Treasury with respect to such borrower. But again, we're back into the catch-22 of... The Constitution says, no, this, this whole thing is a scam. It's unconstitutional. It it doesn't exist. But we're still dealing with the, the situation. Again, uh, uh, even you look at the HEROES Act and what Menzocasio-Cortez is saying is not exactly true. There's not a blanket here. The president can conf- forgive student loans. The Secretary of the Treasury can, uh, uh, under, under part of this circumstance, make respect. But that was 90 days after September 30th, 2021. We are in 2023. That's a lot more than, than 90 days after this act said you can do this. But let's go on listening to the other end of the horse
2: as we've seen not just in what we saw ruled from the majority but even in the minority dissent written around these cases we have justices saying that the supreme court is going themselves much too far they are expanding their role into acting as though they are Congress itself. And that, I believe, is an expansion of power that we really must be focusing on. The danger of this court and the abuse of power in this court, particularly as it, uh, particularly as, um, as it is related to the entanglements around conflicts of interest as well.
0: I find it interesting that the same people that are complaining when the, when the court simply says the Constitution says this, the law says this, therefore our opinion must be this, complain that the, the, the court is acting like the Congress. But when the court makes up rights out of thin air, a.k.a. Um, Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, all of these, well, that's fine. That's the court doing exactly what it's supposed to do. This literally is horse manure. What she's saying is is absolute horse manure. The court said, listen, if Congress wants this, let Congress do this. The president simply can't make up the rules all on his lonesome. And then, of course, they have to bring in, oh, well, you see, uh, you know, there, there's conflicts of interest. She went on to talk about, you know, Justice Thomas not recusing his case, himself for cases that somehow are supposed to involve his wife. Um, with They had showed no linkage to actually to him himself. Now, of course, later on in the interview, the the infamous impeachments much come out, uh, which, again, I find really interesting because, you know, AOC didn't worry about impeachment when the court was finding in the way she liked. It's only when the court disagrees with her agenda that we seem to see all these calls for impeachment and for these conflicts of interest. Now, I agree. There has been a problem with the court with conflicts of interest. But the one against Thomas seems to be the weakest of them all. Uh, I, don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there have been cases where justices actually own stock in the company before the court, and they don't recuse themselves. That, to me, is a conflict of interest. But again, going to the, other, the horse's other end, this doesn't seem to, to, to hold a lot of water. But again, it's an expanded, it's an enhanced attack against the court, not based on anything they actually did. But on the, I should say, not based on, on a, an actual bad behavior by the court, except that they didn't give the progressives, the, the Marxists, the, the answer they wanted. There is nothing in the court, in, in the Constitution, that allowed Congress to even create this student loan program, much less allow the president to simply ignore the actual black letter law of the HEROES Act and say, that was, that was two years ago, we can't do that now. But that doesn't matter, because what we have are, are not people that are interested in the rule of law. They're not interested in a republic. They're interested in a dictator, in an oligarchy, where the progressive Marxists get whatever they want, and anything that gets in the way, well, we're just going to have to have some enhanced uh, uh, responses to that to intimidate people to give us our way, just like the bullies they are. Now, I have some examples of people pushing back on, on the silly season, on the, the craziness that's coming up, but I have to take a break first. Before I go, though, please head over to the website, constitutionstudy.com. I'm still looking for questions for a Q&A segment, so just go there, click ask a question, fill out the form. Just hit the checkbox that says answer it on the radio, and I will be more than happy to. Uh, I personally like the Q&A sections, but I haven't been getting a lot of questions lately, so I need some questions for that section. Um, also, if you want to sign up for one of the mailing lists, you'll find out what's going on at the Constitution Study. I have a monthly newsletter, I have my weekly insiders. Uh, I've even got a, a list where you can have the my posts and my videos sent directly to you as soon as they're released. Now the other place I'd like you to check out is Healthy Cell. They are a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level. Now one of the things I I love is their immune super boost. It it combines over a dozen immune supplements into one travel-ready gel pack. I use it when I travel all the time, because that's usually when I pick up the crud. I throw them in my bag, and every day I take one. It's simple, it's easy, and it works really, really well. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order if you use the code Out Loud at checkout. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, look through all of their great products. The Immune Super Boost is just one. They've got some really great products. Put your cart together. When you check out, use the code Out Loud. That lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, well, you get 25% off your first order.
3: These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body.
0: Welcome back, Everyday America. You've the Constitution Study, and we're looking at some more fallout from the recent Supreme Court silly season. That's my affectionate term for the, the time when the, the court to closes out their term and releases basically dumps a whole bunch of, of decisions out, and all the pundits go absolutely crazy over what they find. Now, I, I've already talked yesterday, I talked about the 303 Creative Case, where the court said no. The state cannot compel speech. Well, actually, what they're compelling was uh, was the press, it was a publication of websites, but the idea was you cannot compel an expression. Well, one of the fallout, which actually I would say is a good fallout, involves the case of a a couple in Oregon, the uh, Kleins, Aaron and Melissa Klein, against the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries. See, there's a list, you know, the court issued an order, they said, uh, in this case, the petition for a writ of certiorari is granted, meaning the court will he, will get involved in the case. The court said, the judgment is vacated and the case is remanded to the Court of Appeals of Oregon for further consideration in light of the 303 Creative LLC versus Elanus. So the court basically said, listen, your judgment is vacated, it's thrown out. Now the case goes back to the Court of Appeals of Oregon to, uh, Say, listen. We've already said you cannot compel speech. You cannot compel expression. So now, your judgment's vacated. Take a look at it and based in this. Now, the details of, of this particular case is uh, Aaron and Melissa Klein. Um, they uh, uh, they were punished by the state of Oregon for um, well, not, again, not making a cake for same-sex wedding. Now again, we're we're seeing a, a a conglomeration here in my mind, right? You got three hundred three Creative in Oregon, that was the the state of, of I'm sorry of, of in Colorado, and the state of Colorado was trying to force them to express an idea that she, an idea she disagreed with. Uh, they had tried that with Jack Phillips, that went to the Supreme Court. The court kind of well, they half punted on the idea because they didn't actually deal with the freedom of expression. They simply said that the 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 or the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was mean to Mr. Phillips for his religious reasons so they kicked the the case out that way it's coming back he's been dealing with this poor stuff for 10 years that court that case was actually mentioned in the opinion so we're hoping that uh, the the current case against Mr. Phillips is dead now we see the court saying listen we're vacating your opinion in Oregon because you're basically saying they have to make a cake for a same-sex wedding. Not that they would, you know, and, and the distinction is important. And I want to refer to this because this is the nonsense that we keep hearing from people who don't like the decision. This is not a question of whether or not this couple can um, ha- will serve same-sex couples. It's whether they will make a custom cake for a same-sex wedding. In other words, it's not who you serve, it's the services you provide. As long if they say Wilson, we'll make any cake for you, um, as long as it doesn't make us express an idea we think is wrong. This again, it's part of the 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 um, I would say the fallout, but it's good fallout. It's saying, listen, this is going to be expanded, and uh, I'm still waiting for um, an answer to the the recent Peak Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but again, we can be hopeful that a, a court that for, again, for many, many years, and, and to, don't get me wrong, the, the court still has it and um, they they promote their opinions over the Constitution, even in the 303 creative case. I, I documented that. In fact, I've, I'm working on an article for that where uh, that I will probably discuss shortly. That goes into a lot more detail. Uh, but. We're seeing a a court that says, "Listen, the Constitution says, and and there are rights to be protected, and they're actually finding not based on well, what does everybody want? What's the current progressive desires? No, we're dealing with the actual law, and even though they're getting to there some really twisted methodology, well, they're at least um, they're at least." Following the, the the basic idea of the law, the you know, the courts being driven is, is bound to the law, not the other way around. Now the uh, the um the Kleins case, uh it, the bakery, by the way, is sweet you may know by Sweet Cakes by Melissa, the 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 state of Oregon actually placed a gag order on them and imposed one hundred thirty five thousand dollars in fines to try and get them to th- this couple to deny their understanding of marriage. So I'm kind of curious where the the Oregon Court of Appeals goes now that they've kind of got this slap from the Supreme Court uh, and told, hey, look at what we said here. Now maybe you'll come up with a better answer. Now, there's another case. This one's really interesting. Um, It's not so much a a fallout directly of Supreme Court's silly season, but I think maybe it is from the standpoint of you have judges that are getting some more backbone, seeing that the court is supporting all little things like the Constitution. So, a the the judge uh, Terry Doherty uh, from the Western District of Louisa, the District Court for the Western District of Louisiana, in a case of Missouri versus uh, Biden, and uh, issued an interesting order. He said, "It is further ordered that." the Department of Health and Human Services, the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Uh, he lists several individuals like Secretary uh, Javier Becerra's and other. He goes on to say uh, the Centers for Disease Control, um, the United States Census Bureau, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the United States Department of Justice, uh, let's see who else is in here They got a, they got several names Individuals that are also included in this by the way That's why I have to go through all these things uh, Let's see Cyber and, Security, Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency um, The United States Department of Homeland Security The United States Department of State uh, Are hereby Ordered and enjoined or, sorry Are hereby enjoined And restrained from taking any of the following Actions as to social media companies so, in other words, these are all people. These are all agencies. These are departments that uh, have been discovered to have been um, trying to use a relationship with the with social media to bypass the Constitution and impose censorship via other means. So, what are they prohibited from doing? Meeting with social media companies for the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing any manner, in any manner, the removal, deletion, suppression or reduction of content containing protected free speech posted on social media platforms specifically flagging content or posts on social media platforms and or forwarding to such a so, to such social media I'm sorry forwarding such to social media companies urging encouraging pressuring or inducing in any manner for removal deletion suppression or reduction of content containing protected free speech Urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner social media companies to change their guidelines for removing, deleting, suppressing, or reducing content uh, content containing protected free speech, and it goes on and on and on. Basically, that this uh, the, the the judge has issued nor said you are not allowed to attempt to manipulate, intimidate, bully social media companies into what content they support. What content is posted, whether or not it's deleted, or any of the policies they use to do so. Now, this order does have exceptions. It said it is further ordered that the following actions are not prohibited by this preliminary injunction: informing social media companies of posting involving criminal activity or criminal conspiracies, contacting and or and/or notifying social media companies of national security threats, extortion, or other threats posted on the platform contacted under notifying social media companies about criminal efforts to suppress voting to provide illegal campaign contributions of cyber attacks against election infrastructure and again on and on and on so the the idea is with this preliminary injunction a good chunk of the federal government is told no more messing with social media no more attempt to social to censor to get around the Constitution to censor people with information that you don't like simply because you label it misinformation. And and again, we have all of these agencies and departments. We have their directors listed by name. We have many of their officials listed by name. Uh, Surgeon General General Vivek Murthy is listed by name. Uh, You even have uh, FBI uh, uh, agent, uh, Elvis Chan listed by name. This is good, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is actually a, a good thing, and I, because what we've been seeing again with the the lawsuit um, that Louisiana and Missouri have been involved with, um, trying to dealing with the censorship, it's nice to see a judge actually stand up and uh, put some teeth behind it. To say we're actually, and by the way, guess what? This was done on the fourth of July. Thus done and signed in Monroe, Louisiana, this fourth day of July 2023, our Independence Day. You have a judge standing up for independence. To me, that's just good. Right? That's that's you know, it's it's just sweet to see someone standing up on Independence Day for the independence of our ability to express ourselves. So you have the 303 creative that we talked about yesterday that said, you know, states cannot coerce speech, they cannot compel expression. You have the the court then saying, listen, we are vacating what Oregon did because well that was a violation. Now take a look at 303 creative. And now we have this judge in Louisiana saying in modern Louisiana saying, uh yeah, no, we're done with the social media Experiment the, the 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 Biden administration Or any administration From using their position To influence What information gets censored On private platforms You can't get away with it that way Yay This is good fallout This is good news Now listen, I'm not trying to say hey, Everything's sunshine and lollipops And we're in for a, a renaissance In the United States, but we spend so much time focusing on the bad news. Isn't it time we, we focus on the good news every so often and remind ourselves that yet yeah, there is still hope? For everyone who has told me that the Constitution's dead, it is meaningless, there's no hope, there's nothing in the future. Here we have three examples saying, no, there is still hope. Granted, it's an ember of freedom and liberty, but we have a choice. Are we going to quench that ember, or are we going to gently blow on it and get it to grow, get it to to glow and maybe light some more kindling on fire to bring freedom and liberty back into full flame into full bloom in this wonderful great nation of ours? Now, I know the wheels of justice grind slow we all recognize that we'd love it if the people that were committing these this bad behavior were were dealt with immediately it, it it doesn't work that way but it's also important to recognize that um that that we we have a responsibility that you know these these wonderful things are happening because of our decisions in representation our decisions in who we wanted our states to choose for president and in our decisions for Uh, uh, sometimes maybe local or other judges, we have to to recognize this is happening not in a vacuum. This is something the American people, I believe, have have pushed for, and it's something the American people will only continue to get if they hold their elected employees accountable. I keep saying, when you elect somebody, you don't make them your leader, You make them your servant they are your employees they work for you we need to treat them as such now again i i look at the supreme court as still nine people who need a reading comprehension program when it comes to the constitution of the united states they need a remedial constitutional constitution class all of them why because even in the opinions that we're finding that are are good They are not doing it based on the Constitution. More often than not, they are doing it based on what some other judge has said, the opinion of judges. Um, And and again, that's not going to be fixed overnight. That's not going to be fixed within decades. But if we don't start fixing it, when's it ever going to change? So let's celebrate these, these victories for liberty, these victories for rights and freedom. But let's not stop with a a slap on the back, and a round of applause. Let's take these and use them as encouragement to continue to move forward, to demand that our judges follow the Constitution and laws and not the opinions of pundits, politicians, or activists. Let's make sure we have judges at the state and federal level with the spine to stand up against the activists that try to intimidate them to get the answers they want. Let's stand up for the judges when they do the right thing, and they are pilloried in public. Which I would be surprised if they if they're not. Let's be willing to stand with them and say, no, no, no. See, here's what the Constitution says. Here's what they did was right, not because of, simply because I agree with the outcome, but because there was a constitutional basis for this. That, ladies and gentlemen, I think is the difference that we can make if we stop listening. If we start listening, I should say, to the horse's mouth, and rather than the other end, whether you agree with what comes out the other end or not, if we go to the horse's mouth, and we base our our opinions and our arguments and our decisions on the original documents, the facts and data, and not simply the emotions, well, that's how we protect freedom and liberty in this nation. Now, I have to take another break. Before I do... I want to remind you that you know, AmericaOutloud.com is a great place to go every day for news and information. Why? Because there are different people with different points of view. Uh, I, I recorded an interview the other day with uh, a couple of other America Out Loud uh, hosts, and we, we disagreed, but we could point show our different points of view and how we saw them. But don't just listen. Participate. Take those stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, take all that information and share it. Think of it this way. You're not simply sharing a news article or an interesting podcast. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. By sharing this information, you are helping us secure the blessings of liberty.
2: We are fighting the ultimate fight between
3: good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative things. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made CofixRx nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off.
1: Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
0: Welcome back, Everyday American Jewry. Join the Constitution Study. And today, we're looking at some more fallout from the Supreme Court silly season. And uh, one of the things, as I was heading to break, we were talking about the judge that basically issued a an, an, an restraining order, an injunction against many uh, of the uh, federal departments to be, to, to uh, they're not allowed to contact social media uh, to coerce, to interfere with their decisions about, um, you know, content or accounts to be posted or deboosted or or censored or all that. And uh, one of the agencies that was involved was the Centers for Disease Control. Now, it's interesting because the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, well, she was interviewed, in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. Now, she's getting to the end of her tenor, tenure as director of the CDC. And, um, well, let's just say she had some very interesting words to, uh, in the interview. So, according to the article on Reclaim the Net, uh, Dr. Walensky uh, said her agency's would continue to attempt to shape the narrative concerning public health information through a process she calls pre-bunking. Now, what is pre-bunking? It's basically, um, it's preemptive communication to, well, shape the narrative. In other words, if there's a narrative that someone is going to debunk what they say, um, I guess pre-bunking would be getting out in front of it and trying to shape the narrative uh, by preemptively, attacking the debunker before the debunking is actually debunked. Um, now, what's interesting here is uh, part of all of this is who decides what constitutes misinformation? In, in other words, if the if Ms. Walensky believes it's the role of the CDC to preemptively determine what is and isn't true and then... Um, Basically, shape the narrative, all but but to deny a person the freedom to speak or freedom to publish information that that, in her her agency's point of view, is is incorrect. Um, you know, we see the need for that judge's uh, order to say no, you can't do that on on social media. As far as uh, you can provide your point of view, but you can't suppress other information, which I guess is what may be leading to the prebunking. Or maybe it's just this ongoing attitude of government officials know what's right, and everybody else just has to fall in line or suffer the consequences. Now, I have another story here that that kind of caught my attention. This actually came from the Tennessee Star, uh, and it involves uh, Zach DiPiero. Uh, he used to teach English at uh, the University of I'm sorry, Pennsylvania State University's uh, Abingdon Campus. But he left back in 2022 after working there for, well, four years because of a, or at least according to a lawsuit, because he said um, the school basically forced him to resign. Now, according to the lawsuit, Penn State pressured DPRO to uh, ensure consistent grades for students across color lines. Otherwise, his actions would demonstrate racism and would be condemned as a, he would be condemned as a racist. The Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism is suing Penn State and several current and former staff members for racial discrimination on Mr. DiPiero's behalf. The lawsuit claims that uh, Mr. DiPiero was individually singled out for ridicule and humiliation because of his race, or because of the color of his skin. See, Mr. DiPiero is white. Now, as an example in the lawsuit... Uh, it cites a June 2020 Zoom conference call, during which then Assistant Provost for Educational Equity, Alina Wong, allegedly, quote, expressed her intention to cause Penn State's white faculty to feel the pain that George Floyd endured. Yeah, it, 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 it that sounds racist to me. See, the provost allegedly led faculty and breathing exercises in which she instructed white and non-black people of color well, to hold it just a little longer in order to feel the pain. Also, during uh, anti-racist writing program meetings, uh, the, the the session called for white said that white teachers are the problem and how to be an anti-racist. The myth of colorblindness in the classroom. White instructors confront white privilege. Again, all these the, the, this, these racist tirades against apparently non-black uh, faculty members. Now, I haven't seen much on this suit, and I'm going to kind of keep an eye on it because it it does sound uh, as it might be interesting for us to keep an eye on this for the future. Um, But what made me think of this is, obviously, yeah, it's a lawsuit. We're talking a lot about lawsuits the last couple of days. But um, here we have someone, Mr. DiPiero, supported by the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, that's pushing back against what's become so... Almost commonplace not only in academia but in many corporate boardrooms nowadays, and that is the idea that the color of the skin makes all the difference that if you're black, it's fine, but if you're white, you're a racist and it, it it's it truly is corrosive you know it's it's funny for years when people have claimed that uh america's a- systemically racist nation I've argued against that, showing that The systems in place to to judge people and divide people based on their race didn't exist. But now, I can't say that anymore. America, in many quarters, is a systemically racist nation. However, the racism is against white people. It's racism for blacks, sometimes for uh, Latinos and and others, but it's almost always anti-white, anti-Asian. And you know, I forget who is it that said the the way you get rid of racism is not by and by reverse racism, it's by stopping judging people by the color of their skin. So this is something that will again we'll see how things follow up after the um, the uh, uh, affirmative action opinion from the court. It might be interesting to see if that has any play, if that has any impact on this uh, this lawsuit against uh, Penn State University. Now, one of the recurring themes here at the Constitution Study is not only our need to uh, uphold our rights under the Constitution, to defend them for ourselves, but that we need to hire people, especially at the state and local level, that have spines, that have the backbone to stand up to uh, the, the infringements on our rights. Now, here's an example coming out of Arkansas. See, Governor, uh, uh, Governor Sarah Sanders, um, she proudly posted on Facebook a photo of a chalk drawing of a stained window surrounding the cross of Christ that her children had drawn, right? So like any proud mother, she took a picture, she posted on Facebook, big deal. Well, you see, that is until the Americans for the United for the Separation of Church and State fired off their own demand. They, they, they uh, contacted uh, Governor Sanders and said, While you and your fam- family members are free to create and display religious imagery in private areas of your mansion and its grounds, displaying a cross at the entrance, in Sanders' words, to, the, to welcome people to, into the governor's mansion violates the Establishment Clause of the United States Constitution. We therefore ask that you remove the display and refrain from placing similar displays in public areas. So let's stop there for a second. Okay, first of all, this cannot be a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment because Congress didn't make a law, all right. So I already know I've I've looked at some of the stuff from the uh, uh, you know Americans United for Separation of Church and State, and uh, so far it have been constitutionally ridiculous. But even so, it says you cannot establish a religion. Let's let's take the Congress part out of it. It says you that that, that you, um. You can't pass a law establishing religion First of all, there was no law passed These were children Drawing in the in what is there, effectively Their front yard Drawing in chalk The fact that it happens to be The governor's mansion Okay But does that mean that her children No longer have the right to express themselves On public property? Remember, the very reason they're complaining Is that this is public property Do they have the right to express themselves on public property? Now, what I found interesting and why I brought this up was uh, Governor Sanders. She she responded to the letter uh, on Twitter. She said, I have received your letter, and my answer is no. I will not erase the beautiful cross my kids drew in chalk on the driveway of the governor's mansion or remove my Facebook posts, and I will not now or ever hide the fact that I am a Christian. Now, apparently she went on and expanded her position in a more formal response to uh, uh, Americans United. She said, uh, you are wrong to claim that our Constitution prevents public officials, let alone their families, from making earnest expressions of religious faith. Our founding documents are riddled with religious language, stating plainly that the very rights you claim to defend are endowed by our Creator. You are asking me to ignore that truth and hide a crucial part of my identity and the identity of my kids. That I will not do. See, I like that because it's someone standing up and, and, uh, I want to point out that uh, to, to support their case, Americans United uh, re- quoted a, a Supreme Court opinion, Kennedy v. Bremerton School District, claiming that somehow the opinion enforced their beloved separation of church and state. H- however, in writing for the ma- ma- majority, uh, Justice Gorsuch said, respect for religious expression is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic. Here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a personal religious observance based on a mistaken view that it had the duty to suppress religious observances even as it allowed complement- or comparably secular speech. The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination. Mr. Kennedy is entitled to summary judgment on his religious exercise and free speech claims. So even the AU, the case that they pointed to, doesn't say what they think it says and one more piece of news it doesn't really have anything to do with the supreme court but it kind of goes back to the the cdc and something we've been we mentioned before and that is well specifically the viruses or the powers of the cdc see the cdc director uh, endorsed the advice of the cdc's vaccine advisory panel for uh, To approve a, a, a new vaccine A new Pfizer and um, GlaxoSmithKline vaccine This is for uh, the, the RSV The respiratory syntactyl virus In older adults And they said, yeah, okay, we, 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 don't, we, we think it's okay For this vaccine to be used by older adults I just have one really important question Based on the recent history of the CDC based on the examples of how deadly the 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 fake covid vaccines are how the cdc has basically rewritten the english language to call it a vaccine how they've lied about the fact that it's safe and effective how they use that lie to intimidate people to become medical guinea pigs in, in a medical experiment in violation not only of federal law but of the basics of of uh, medical ethics does anyone really trust the CDC or their there was ACIP, this this uh vaccine advisory panel? Do anybody actually trust them to have actually bothered to test to see if anything this stuff is even safe? I I'm I'm working on another story uh dealing with not just the COVID vaccine, but the rest of the childhood vaccine schedule and how both the CDC and the FDA. Uh, Beijing have been lying to the American public for years, if not decades, when they claim that these vaccines have been tested and are safe and effective. And uh, I'm again, I'm working on it. Uh, it's still going to take me a couple of days, I think, to put everything together. So I hope to have that here soon. So uh, let me wrap up the program today with a couple of observations. Uh, one is we surely shouldn't be surprised that when uh, Adults nowadays don't get their way. There's a certain class of adults that basically acts like a spoiled child. They stamp their feet. They hold their breath. They claim they're going to get back at everybody. Yeah, pretty much like a narcissistic child, which is kind of what I've come to expect from so much of the political class on both sides. This is not simply a, a um, you know, while dealing with the court lately, it's been the... Uh, Um, The Marxist progressives that have been the spoiled brat children, I've seen it from both sides. We should expect better from our elected officials, but how can we expect better from society if we don't demand more from ourselves? As parents, isn't it our job to prepare our children to be effective members of society? Shouldn't we put that as as a high priority? and and the fact that we have adults that think the proper response to not getting their way is the equivalent of a temper tantrum to me says a lot about not just society but it says a lot about what we accept among families uh, among society as a whole the the fact that people aren't ridiculed for making up reasons why this should be done for you know bypassing the legal process when it's when it's convenient for them for ignoring the laws that they don't like and just kind of making stuff up up out of thin air maybe we should choose better people to represent us because if these are the people that are representing us it really puts us in a bad light you know i keep going back to this saying because i think it so well encapsulates the, the the status of uh, of the american society How can you tell when a politician is lying? Their lips are moving. But what does it say about the American people that they knowingly hire people that are lying to them? The ones that lie the best, they keep around the longest. You know, perhaps if the American people spent a fraction of the time and energy and money on choosing representatives that aren't simply their emotional connection, but actually have some anchor to the supreme law of the land of the Constitution of the United States. Perhaps if we had more of an anchor to the Constitution of the United States, perhaps we'd get better representatives. While we may not like the answers that, that come from that, maybe it at least give us a, a sane way of changing the things that need to be changed rather than simply turning into spoiled children on the playground yelling and screaming and throwing temper tantrums Rather than actually looking at the document and saying, well, wait a second, if this doesn't allow us to do this, is that something we should do? Let's fix the document. That seems to be a concept all but lost in in American society today. Now, I hope you'll come back and join me for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, please, Follow the podcast. See, the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen on your favorite podcast app, but I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the show. It's it's how people find us. We up, We end up higher in the ratings when people search if we have more subscribers. And, of course, leave me a rating and review as well. It would help, especially on Apple Podcasts, because people will look at those to decide whether or not to give us a try. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.com. But as always, I'm going to ask you to share that information. You're not just sharing the stories and information; you're actually sharing the blessings
1: of liberty.